0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox.
1: I'm
2: Tom Shalou. I'm Liz Peake. I'm Charles Payne, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, March 14th, 2022. I'm Mike Emanuel. President Joe Biden is grappling with a crisis abroad as Russia continues its invasion of Ukraine. Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin, a candidate for New York governor, says Mr. Biden should take responsibility for sticker shock at the gas pump.
3: You can't have an inflation spike over the course of many months. And then in February, Putin invades Ukraine. And then you could just blame Putin.
1: I'm Chris Foster. Former NFL quarterback and author Tim Tebow's foundation is helping people with relief work in Ukraine.
4: It's it's incredible to see the the true love and passion you know in, in a desperate hour of need, and I think that is just something that I know
0: it's impacted me and our entire team. And I'm Tammy Bruce. I've got the final word on the Fox News rundown.
2: Fuel prices are soaring, hitting every American in the wallet. According to AAA, a gallon of gasoline was 2.85 one year ago, 3.49 a month ago, $4.33 per gallon on average today. The White House wants to give a lot of the blame to Russian President Vladimir Putin and his invasion of Ukraine. Texas Senator Ted Cruz told Fox's America's Newsroom. The problem started much earlier.
1: You know, I got to say this administration's policy when it comes to energy is is completely incoherent. Uh, President Biden started literally his first day in office, basically declaring war on domestic energy production.
2: On top of facing pain at the pump, Americans are also grappling with grocery store prices as inflation levels rise to the highest they've been in 40 years, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Florida Republican Congressman Byron Donald says the president should look in the mirror for someone to
5: blame. And what Joe Biden unleashed on the United States has been the very worst economic policies since Jimmy Carter. And it took President Reagan a few years to get through that. So we're in for the long haul, unfortunately, here in the United States. Looking
2: outside of the U.S., the American people are overwhelmingly supporting Ukraine, whose people were living peacefully until Russia invaded. The United States has sent weapons to help Ukrainian forces outgunned by the Russians. Though Russia warns that sending arms may be cause for conflict, the U.S. refuses to back off. Florida Republican Senator Rick Scott is a member of the Armed Services
5: Committee. Putin doesn't dictate the terms of American support. We dictate the terms of American support.
2: Though the future remains unknown as President Putin continues wreaking havoc, Ukrainians are showing Putin he severely underestimated the country he invaded.
3: The Ukrainian people continue to put up a courageous, heroic fight. Putin... Certainly wasn't planning for this kind of resistance.
2: Republican Congressman Lee Zeldin is running for governor of New York.
3: While you do see millions of new refugees and people fleeing the country, this isn't just a army that Putin is up against. The people, young and old, have all turned to become part of this resistance. Uh, There's a sense of patriotism, nationalism in that effort, taking a huge toll, both within the political structure for the Russian government, uh, also the military structure, and in eroding morale and confidence in the leadership of Vladimir Putin. They're taking heavy tolls with the loss of life. The Russian economy already was struggling on a number of respects, and this doesn't make that any better. And any goal that Putin had of advancing to other nations, that certainly is dying down a bit here with the Ukrainian resistance that we are seeing. I'm also happy to see that we've seen countries stepping up since that I think is helping the cause, but nothing more important than what the Ukrainian people and Vladimir Zelensky are doing themselves on the ground in Ukraine.
2: How alarmed are you by the humanitarian crisis? We're hearing reports of food, medicine, water, unable to get to many people in the southern city of Mariupol. And then you've got Polish officials. God bless them, have taken more than a million and a half refugees, but they're saying they're basically getting tapped out. Your thoughts on the humanitarian crisis at this critical
3: stage? The humanitarian crisis is something that the entire world is is watching. Many are seeking ways to provide assistance. Uh, So fortunately, you have some of these surrounding nations doing their part. And fortunately, the refugee crisis isn't greater because you have people staying and fighting, delivering that humanitarian assistance into Ukraine in these areas that are under constant bombardment by Vladimir Putin. That's the toughest part of this. And having logistically the ability to provide food, water assistance, medication, That is something that is not getting any easier. Uh, There's just a lot more questions and answers as as to how these next few days and weeks are going to go from that standpoint, because logistically, it's a nightmare.
2: To issues affecting every one of your constituents and the people across the great state of New York and across this country, inflation paying more at the gas pump, more at the grocery store. Uh, President Biden has in recent days tried to blame Vladimir Putin for some of the inflation surge, but wasn't it starting well before Russia invaded Ukraine?
3: Yeah, that's the obvious point. I believe that uh, the average American understands well that the inflation rate in this country was surging before Putin decided to invade Ukraine. You can't have an inflation spike over the course of many months, and then in February, Putin invades Ukraine, and then you could just blame Putin for an inflation surge. It's an insane spin. American people want to see solutions with regards to the supply chain crisis and inflation, border security and foreign policy. We're not looking to get spun on reality. The average American is smart enough to realize exactly what's going on right now in our nation and in our world. Just focus on solutions and stop trying to pin this on anything else externally without focusing on those answers but another key aspect of it is this frustration amongst the American public where President Biden and, the, and his administration is refusing to take responsibility for anything. And this is really taking to the next level by trying to claim that the inflation that we were experiencing that started spiking basically from the moment President Biden got into office, all of a sudden is Vladimir Putin's fault. That's insane.
2: February's consumer price index was a red-hot 7.9%. In March, consumer inflation could be close to 9% or more. Uh, The Federal Reserve is expected to start raising interest rates. Uh, Your thoughts on where we are and whether that will slow the trend of this rapidly growing inflation?
3: It doesn't seem like inflation is going away anytime soon, sadly enough. Uh, This is a moment where members of Congress should hit the pause button on these multi-trillion dollar bills that are getting fast-tracked repeatedly through Congress. This is not a time for increased spending. And when you make a decision, for example, to ban Russian oil imports, and then you take that as a cue to go run off to Iran, the world's largest state sponsor of terror, or Venezuela, in order to make up for what you're cutting off from Russia, you are losing out on the opportunity and the logic all related to This moment where we can ramp up domestic energy policy, we can become energy independent. This decision to yield to John Kerry as the climate change czar and far-left activists pushing a radical climate change Green New Deal agenda, it's resulting in energy costs going up, opportunities being lost. We could be creating more jobs. We can have communities throughout this entire nation get revitalized because they have resources under the ground where they are that they want to be able to safely extract. And it really, in many respects, starts at the top where there are so many applications just sitting there at the federal government in the Biden administration, bans from blue state governors that are all cutting off opportunity for prosperity and security.
2: Do you think Democrats panicked about potential disaster in the midterm elections may change course on things like the Keystone XL pipeline to say, we get it. We want to do more about domestic energy production?
3: I could see between now and November, Democrats slowly starting to realize that they are responsible for the crises that the American voter is infuriated about. And they, might decide to, to do something on anything that they caused, uh, that's certainly a, a possibility. Uh, I, I don't think that they're all going to get it overnight. I think what's going to happen is you might have some Democrats who might be more moderate uh, deciding to speak up more, understanding that AOC and her friends Uh, should not have outsized power. We should not have self-described socialists running the show in D.C. and inside of some of our state capitals. I I can't predict exactly which of their policies they might flip-flop on, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see them flip-flop on some. uh, And I don't think it's all going to happen on the same day. And I also... Don't think that the American public is going to soon forget exactly why they are facing all of these crises, why our nation is currently facing all these crises.
2: You're a veteran lawmaker. Now you're running for New York governor. I bet there's some colleagues on Capitol Hill who thought running for governor in a blue state. uh, I don't know about that, Zeldin. Um, But now we're looking at some troubles that Democrats are having. And so I'm curious what the mood has been like as you crisscross the Empire State, what you're hearing from potential voters and constituents there across the
3: state. We're going to win this race. The Democrats are not doing the right thing with that power they have, and people feel like their wallets, their safety, their freedom, their kids' education are all under attack, so they're leaving the state. And I'm hearing from Republicans, Independents, and Democrats that they are hitting their breaking point. They're fed up. Uh, Every single day, I'm only only becoming more optimistic that we have the right team, the right message, and we're going to go out and win this race. I, I feel very confident in our strategy and plan that it will work to be successful uh, to once again elect a Republican statewide here in the great state of New York.
2: There's been a whole lot of speculation about a possible attempted comeback by disgraced former Governor Andrew Cuomo. What do you make of that buzz? And does this suggest just supreme arrogance, figuring that if he puts the Cuomo name, looking back at his father, uh, that New Yorkers will just automatically vote Cuomo?
3: It is supreme arrogance that has Andrew Cuomo talking about making a comeback right now and running for governor. I don't see it. And while there might be a poll done that shows that he has some support left within the Democratic Party, he has lost near total support amongst everybody else. I mean, I personally don't even know anyone who still supports Andrew Cuomo, who's uh, an independent who's a republican in new york state we have third parties we have a conservative party i don't know of anyone in any of these other parties we're not assigned to any party where anyone is saying that this is a good idea they're done with him and they're also done with kathy Oakle. they don't want andrew cuomo 1.0 and they won't, don't want andrew cuomo 2.0 and andrew cuomo if he tried to make a comeback right now you're halfway through almost the petition window to qualify for a Democratic Party primary. So I, I'm not aware of him even collecting signatures. The only other way would be through uh, trying to create a new party, uh, which is a window that, that starts in April. Is it possible? Sure. Um, I don't feel like he should do it. And by the way, if I was to answer your question selfishly, I'd be saying jump on in. The water's warm because if Andrew Cuomo uh, runs, then our likelihood of winning only goes up. Our margin of victory only increases. So my selfish answer would be to tell Andrew Coleman to run. My unselfish answer is telling him that the, the New York voter is done with him. He might be able to pull out some votes, but there's no way that he wins a November 8th general election.
2: Congressman Lee Zeldin of New York, candidate for governor. Thanks for your time. Safe travels out on the campaign trail.
3: All right. Thank you. Take care, Mike.
5: Fox News Podcasts Network.
0: Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This is Tammy Bruce with your Fox News commentary coming up.
1: People are pouring out of Ukraine. More than 5% of the country's population now refugees because of the Russian military assault. Fox's Alex Hogan reports from Medica Poland on the border.
4: Some people have brought blankets with them and they're just sleeping on the floor. From here, there are buses that will take them to those centers. The goal is for them to stay there just a day or two until they get their feet on the ground then they can start calling people. But if they don't have any other options right now, they're getting moved further inland to make more space for more refugees. So we're seeing some of the larger cities around the country, like Warsaw, start to see many more refugees arriving there in centers as well.
1: There are horror stories coming out of Ukraine, civilians trapped or killed. Also stories about strangers doing what they can to help and get people to safety.
4: It is really hard, um, but I got to tell you, it is also uh, very inspiring to see the love, the courage and the passion that so many people on the ground have.
1: Tim Tebow is doing what he can in Ukraine through his charitable and missionary foundation. He's a former NFL quarterback, minor league baseball player and an author. His new book is called Mission Possible. Go create a life that counts.
4: Um, we are fortunate to, to work with quite a few of our night to Shine host churches there and some of our partners in special needs care and orphan care. And uh, we have just been able to see so many true heroes. And we, and we throw that word out there all the time. But uh, I, I could just tell you story after story that has truly made our team weep with their dedication, their courage of people that have, you know, so many people in their heroism have brought people with special needs and orphans to safety. And then they're going back to get more and they're going back to get more and they have the opportunity to say, to stay in a safe spot, but yet they, their love and their courage and their dedication. And, and then, you know, how they respond is this, we know, this is what we're called to. We know, um, I, We have to go back. We have to serve. We have to help. And then they'll respond. Even today, we're grateful. You know, we got just waking up today. We're getting texts from our, our team over there that's saying, you know, we made it through another day and we're grateful for that. And you're like, wow, that truly gives you perspective. You know, you made it through another day, and you can say you're grateful. And so many times, we just take that for granted. And I just think it needs to be an encouragement and an inspiration to so many of us to, you know, to to um, to try to live more on mission, to try to, to to be able to show that love and that care and that dedication, that sacrifice for um, for fellow human beings, and, and 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 to really be able to know what it means to live on mission.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it really is something. I mean, it's one thing to give, uh, you know, from if you're lucky, uh, a position of prosperity and safety and comfort here in the United States. It's one thing to give your, you know, your money, your time, what those people are doing over there. They're risking their lives to to save to save these people in need.
4: There's no doubt about it. That's absolutely what they're doing. And um, and the, they're doing it. I mean, we know, uh, you know, uh, of some of our partners that are helping, you know, work on trying to bring special needs kids down from the ninth floor and it's so hard because they got to do it one at a time they're exhausted and they're tired and then others are driving 28 hours to go get food and bring it back and then others are trying to figure out how they can go get fuel and then some are looking for different vehicles so that they can transport so many of these kids and families and then also people that have been wounded and um you know it's just it's, it's incredible to see um, the, the, the true love and passion, you know, in, in a desperate hour of need. And I think that is just something that I know it's impacted me and our entire team. And hopefully, hopefully it's impacting a lot of people around the world, to be honest with you.
1: What can people do who who are seeing these stories, hearing these stories, hearing your stories and who want to do something? I mean, I, I think there's a fear among some people that you're throwing cash, you know, into a burning pit. What's the biggest bang for your buck? What can people do to help people there?
4: Well, that's a that's a really good question I would say first of all no know, know the different ministries that you're given to but I also want to say I am so grateful for so many other so many ministries that are on the ground so many ministries that we've gotten to partner with um, you know like life song um, you know we're, we're so close with um, with Samaritans Purse, and we you know we love the Grahams and what they're doing is awesome and, and getting hospitals up and and we've been able to work with them in different areas and serve in different places but there's so many different groups and and you know what um, we're Fortunate to to be able to serve, but it's not just about our nonprofits. It's about so many other groups of that are that are doing amazing work. And I would just encourage people: don't just do nothing, right? You know, I, I don't know who the best place to give. I don't know the best place, but I know there's a lot of places you can give. A lot of places you can be a part of, but don't be that person that says, oh, you know, what? just because there are a few bad apples, I'm not going to be part of it. You know what? We can all step up and we can all um, be able to give and serve and help. Maybe do a little bit of research and find out, you know, um, the different ones that are very near and dear to your heart. But just because there's a few bad apples, don't say no, because there are so many people that you can help if you say yes and if you find a way to be a part.
1: Let's talk about your new book. Uh, how many books is this now, by the way, inclu- including the kids' books? How many? How many books are out there with your name on it? <laughs> it,
4: it, it it's been a, it's a few, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to share a few more. And honestly, it's something that I love because it's something that. Um, you know, you get to share a message and you get to encourage people and you get to, you know, it's, it's longer than a speech or a podcast. You get to really dive deep into something. And, and for me, you know, with this, this new book, mission possible, go create a life that counts is you know, I, it'd been on my heart for several years to be able to, um, to write something to encourage people because it am just, you know, honestly was, was very burdened and grieved because you, you hear so many stats and statistics that are out there of, a third of people say that they're lonely most of the time or all the time. You know, you hear that 12% of our daily thoughts are spent in some form of comparison. And, you know, you hear that with, with young people over 60% say that there's no one in the world that believes in them. I could go on and on with statistics and, and there's something that we're doing and, and, and saying and leading that we're missing the mark, especially with the next generation. And I wanted to encourage people in their worth and their value and, You know, that's why it's mission possible, because mission gives people a purpose. And I believe every single one of us has a mission and we have purpose. But I also wanted to encourage them that it doesn't have to be as daunting as sometimes we think it doesn't have to be. It's not mission impossible. This isn't a Tom Cruise movie that only a few people are elite enough to do. No, every single one of us has been given a mission, but it's also possible and possible means to be able. And every single one of us, we are able to truly live a life that counts and have a life that counts because it's not about money, fame, and power. It's not about success. It's about significance. It is about loving those that we come in contact with, loving those in front of us, loving those on the corner of our street or the corner of the world. And I want to encourage people that the greatest form of fulfillment you're going to have is when you really, you love, you serve, you care, and you give, and you do that. And all of a sudden, I believe every single one of us can have a life that counts
1: one of the messages here is you know you do what you can with what you've got um what do you tell somebody who does feel who does feel you know isolated or or directionless or purposeless what's the what's a first step a simple first step that 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 person can take whether it's a young person whether it's a an, an adult who might be feeling a little you know who might be floundering
4: well, I think the first step is to know that you have a purpose is to know that you have worth and that it's a God given purpose is that you're not here by accident. You're not here by happenstance, but as long as you have breath, you have purpose. And I want people to know that. And then when you know that now I can step out in my purpose and we not, we don't just talk about mission possible, the, the, the macro of the principles, but we dive deep into the actual practical of taking the first step. And, and I encourage people that, you know, when you're, when your eyes have been open to a need, to a problem, to a hurting person and your heart's been pricked that's probably a good place to start with your mission to say yes to that in the small deeds and the person on the side of the street and the person that you meet and the church and the nonprofit, whatever those little things are but step out you might not know the end destination but that's okay just to step out and then learn and i think god can do so much in your life and your heart in that, that you can continue to grow and grow and find the next steps in your mission
1: yeah i mean when you look back on your athletic success and the and, and your financial success how much of it, not that you don't have great memories, not that you didn't enjoy the competition, uh, how much of that, when you look back at it, feels now like a springboard to what you're accomplishing now? You, you know what I mean? Like a, a lot of people uh, might want to live a missionary life, but you have this huge leg up because of um, because of who you are, and because of your fame earned for something else.
4: Well, so yeah, I'm so grateful for the platform that God gave me through sports. Um, um you know, i I'm, i I really am so grateful for that. And it's given me a platform to be able to do things that are so much more important than play a game. But I believe, where God has put every single person that's listening right now is exactly where they're supposed to be. And there's something that they can do there, whether it's great or small in their eyes. But you know what, what matters is not how how big it is in, in the world's eyes. What matters is how faithful they are with what God has given them, how faithful they are with, their, the, the opportunities that they have in front of them, you know, is we think we we kind of count value in and how grand something is. But I think, you know, in God's eyes, it's more about how faithful we are with what he's given us. It's not about, you know, um, I think, you know, God's given us all different talents, skills, abilities, um, relationships. And it's it's not about saying I want someone else's skills. It's about saying, OK, God, you give me this. How can I maximize it? How can I maximize these talents that you've given me?
1: If you indulge me for a minute, uh, uh, talk just for a couple of minutes about the stuff that doesn't matter as much and talk about sports. Your old team uh, has a big, shiny new quarterback now. Uh, the baseball <laughs> lockouts, the baseball lockouts over. Um, I assume you're following all of that.
4: Um, I actually haven't followed the baseball lockout as as much. I've been in Africa for the last month, Um, but I have heard about Russell going to the Broncos. And, you know, I I think I'm kind of like quietly still a a Broncos fan because I just love their fan base and I have such great memories. And honestly, it's it's still root for them. I think it's an awesome uh, win for the Broncos. I think they already have a lot of talent. I think they're a lot closer than people think. And now with Russell, I just think they really have a chance to be special. And that division is so crazy good. It's going to be really fun to watch.
1: Uh, Tim Tebow's latest book is Mission Possible: Go Create a Life. The Count you've got a kids version too. Um, Bronco and Friends Mission Possible. What's the difference? How do you how do you step it down for like well, a better I, phrase for kids?
4: I really wanted to in- encourage children as well because sometimes we think that. That, that children can't understand these concepts. And I just disagree. I think there are so many children's books that my parents read to me that made such an impact in my life. And I wanted to be able to put those resources in, in parents' hands to be able to encourage them. And, and so much of a mission possible for children is, you know, it's that every day is the right time to make a difference in someone's life and, and to be able to be kind and help one another. And it's actually my second children's book. And my first one was so cool because literally day one, we got so many letters um, from parents saying, thank you. We can't wait to read this with our kids and those and so many of the responses from families. And um, I, honestly, there was, it was some of the, the my favorite letters I've ever got in my life. And so, man, I was just like, I got to I got to write another one to a- encourage these children, and these families. And so it's just a, that's something that I'm just so passionate about.
1: Tim Tebow. Good to talk to you again. The new book is Mission Possible. Go create a life that counts.
4: God bless you, brother. Thank you.
5: here's a look at the week ahead
4: monday
6: monday would be a good day to double check any old florida lottery tickets you might have a one and a quarter million dollar jackpot prize has gone unclaimed and the deadline to claim that cash is just before midnight the ticket was sold at a plant city convenience store Tuesday, Wall Street will be watching the Federal Reserve's actions. Members of the central bank begin their monthly meeting and are expected to increase a key interest rate. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell has said a careful raising of the interest rates is likely given high inflation and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Thursday, more Americans are expected to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day after two years of events canceled or restricted because of the COVID 19 pandemic. Friday. A Russian government rocket is scheduled to launch three cosmonauts in a Soyuz capsule. They are the next crew set to live and work aboard the International Space Station. And that's a look at your week ahead. I'm Rich Dennison, Fox News.
5: Did you hear the news? Now you can. With instant updates from Fox News for Amazon Alexa, just say
0: Alexa. Plain news from Fox. In Fox News.
5: It's the latest when you need it on demand from Fox News and Amazon Alexa. Rate and review the Fox News rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Tammy Bruce. Tammy what's on your mind
0: every day there seems to be some special meltdown of the democrats having spent some time as an organizer for the left i can tell you all of their efforts are spent on thinking of new ways with which to manipulate and cancel all of us into oblivion plain and simple they do not mean well the latest drama comes courtesy of a common sense florida bill ensuring parental rights regarding their five to seven year old children in schools While needing to pass legislation stating the obvious does seem strange... But the Democrat and leftist hyperbolic reaction confirms how necessary it is. Gay Inc., as I call the organized left masquerading as gay civil rights activists, has declared this simple defense of parental rights and children's safety as a don't say gay bill, which is a lie. Fox News reports, the bill officially named Parental Rights in Education states, classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. And even more threatening to the left's agenda, quote, the legislation additionally requires schools to inform parents if there is a change in the student's services or monitoring related to the student's mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being and requires parental approval before children from kindergarten through third grade participate in a well-being questionnaire or health screening and that parents have the option to opt their children out across all age groups, reported Fox. In other words, it forbids sexualized instruction for five to seven-year-olds and requires parental involvement and consent in events and situations beyond the normal curriculum. This transcends partisan politics, protects children from strangers talking to them about sex, and affirms parental rights and control over their children. The left has, for decades, worked to destroy that special and natural family relationship. This bill is so threatening as it exposes the agenda and serves as a template to stop that egregious and unacceptable attempt to destroy that legal fact and human necessity. At no point does the bill single out gay people or homosexuality. Yet the gay political establishment, for some reason, has constructed a completely false narrative, a hoax, if you will, making it all about an attack on gay people. I contend the most threatening aspect of the Florida bill is the reinforcement of parental rights in their children's lives at school and the requirement for parental consent regarding their children's activities and instruction. The left is loath to admit this, so their fallback will always be accusations of racism, sexism, or homophobia, or all three if possible. American parents have been radicalized throughout these two COVID years. They learned what was happening in schoolrooms, they saw an outrageous critical race theory curriculum, and were stunned by assertions that parents had no rights. The school boards of this country found that attitude would not stand. Leftist and establishment operatives know the Florida bill could and should be a template for this entire nation. American parents have already been called terrorists. Conservatives and classical liberals who refuse to conform have already been labeled as bigots or racists in the last few years by an increasingly desperate left wing of American politics. But don't be fooled or frightened. The Democrats have such contempt for us. They think we will throw our children into their political volcano simply to avoid being bullied. Those days, if they ever existed, are over. I'm Tammy Bruce, contributor at Fox News and host at Fox Nation, and my column can be seen at AMAC, A-M-A-C U-S.
5: You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. from the Fox News Podcasts Network.
3: I'm Ben Dominich, publisher of The Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech Podcast.
5: Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at guybensonshow.com.